This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. We're going to look this morning at the value of a soul. The value of a soul. And really, when you think about this, this, this should motivate and move us to action when we look and see from God's perspective was the value of the soul you know how many have ever misplaced something how many have had more than their share of misplacing something I'm, I'm one of those you know you lose a a wallet or phone or you know a password <laughs> Thank God I've got that settled now, thanks to my son. There's some great apps out there to help you not lose some things. Just don't lose your phone. And that happened to me one day. I put my phones, uh, actually picking up some things, and uh, I put my phone, I was loading up the car, I was put on the roof, and I, I drove off, and I realized I didn't have my phone. So, um, could not find it and um, got to a phone and called uh, Ellen and said, I cannot find my phone. You've got to call Rob. There's a common denominator, I, I think, in the things I lose. Come think of <laughs> Rob? <laughs> anyway, so... She calls, and he is able to track my phone. And he tracks it to the, to the location and finds my phone. It's a few miles from where I took off on Winchester. And, and this thing, evidently, it probably bounced, and he found it was off the road, right, in the field. It was on the road. It was on the road. So it was a miracle that you know, it was still, and it was fine. You know, it's not the same, when, you know, when we had the, the phones just came out, you know, it's not the same. Now you lose your phone, you lose your computer, you lose all your contacts, you lose all your photos, you lose your, you know, your camera, your password, your bank account, you lose everything. <laughs> Don't lose a phone. I had a, a case I guess it was last year. I was doing the speedy checkout at Kroger's, laid my phone down, which I don't even do anymore. I, I learned. I go out to the car, I, I load up the groceries and everything, realize no phone. I left it in there, the speedy checkout, and there was a line, and I run in. No regard for, you know, anybody. <laughs> I'm coming in. It was a national emergency. I've lost my phone. I go, and there's my phone. And, you know, I tried not to be too crazy in there, but I'd already, you know, screaming, my phone! <laughs> and when I found it, I couldn't help but go, thank God! <laughs> And there was a few people laughing and, you know, I left. But anyway, 
Jesus talks about the sower. It, it teaches, it, kind, it gives us uh, a display of the value of the sower. It, it teaches us something. He told three different stories about lost things. He talked about sheep, a coin, and the sun. Now, he's telling this in uh, a mixed audience. Or, or it was a couple groups. One of the groups were sinners and outcasts, prostitutes, tax collectors, just what was considered by the other group that was there, the Pharisees, as those without, they looked down upon them. In fact, they despised them. They despised Jesus because Jesus spent time with them and loved them. And so he starts sharing these stories as they're there together. And they understood what these stories meant. But I just want to look at the second one. In Luke chapter 15, verse 8, it says, Jesus told the people another story. What will a woman do if she has ten silver coins and loses one of them? Won't she light a lamp, sweep the floor, and look carefully until she finds it? Then she will call in her friends and neighbors and say, Let's celebrate. I found the coin I lost. Jesus said, in the same way, God's angels are happy even when one person turns to him. Now, this is a, a very valuable thing to her because one coin represented one day's wage. So you can imagine she is looking diligently. She's sweeping the floor. She's looking around. It would be like us, we'd have our iPhone with the light on. <laughs> we'd be looking at, I guess I'm the only one that's done that. Anyway, looking, looking around, and she is looking when, how long? Let me show you this. She won't light a lamp, sweep the floor, and look carefully until she finds that you're looking. That's when it's valuable. You ever lost something that you're looking till you find it? Or there's going to be some phone calls and some. <laughs> I can't find my card. Cancel that thing now. <laughs> y'all are going to have to bear with me. I see y'all ha haven't lost things. <laughs> y'all are just, y'all are, are great. I mean, Ellen has made me a slot for my wallet now. And thank God, if I cannot get distracted by the time I get in the door, and if I can hit the basket, it is a literal basket there, that I put my wallet and keys in, I'm home free. <laughs> I made it. Glory to God. I've done some serious praying. To find my wallet at times. And I, I mean, I've got stories about some of those. But anyway, moving on. Until she finds it. In the Message Bible it says, And when she finds it, you can be sure she'll call her friends and neighbors, Celebrate with me. I found my lost coin. Count on it. That's the kind of party God's angels throw every time one lost soul turns to God. Now think about that. 
What value a soul must have that when one soul, lost soul, turns to God, the angels, I mean, look at this reaction. They didn't react, uh, no big deal. Uh, another one came into the family. Well, good. That's okay, just another day at the office. Nothing to get excited about. No, it says they, they break out, you know. <laughs> We're going to party. Get the angel food cake. <laughs> get the cherubim ice cream. Get Gabriel's soft drinks. We're going to celebrate and party. That's a reaction. That means there's great value on the soul. God values people, each and every person. So what do I need to do? When I'm around someone, a lost soul, God's eyes for them that he has. Not looking at them in the natural not being like the Pharisees, what did they do? They condemned them. They looked down on them. They folded their arms while Jesus, the Son of God, is ministering. The one who loved them enough to search for him. And they despise them both. That's a Pharisee spirit. And you can find it from Christians on social media. They're not valuing the person. They're just walking in the natural like the world. But see, we see through different eyes. We see through the blood Stained eyes of Jesus. We see the potential. We see the life that they can have in Christ. We see their value. We give them grace. We give them truth also. But you know, truth and love is a lot easier to swallow than beating someone down to the ground and then saying, I don't like you anyway. <laughs> That's being nice. If you look at social media, it's, it's awful. We need to have the same passion, dedication, urgency that we had in losing that thing of value for lost souls. When's the last time you stayed up praying for someone that was lost. When was the last time there was an urgency inside of you that you were agonizing over someone that needed Jesus? Or have we settled into comfort zone and we're just comfortable and we're just trying to see what other blessing we can get, ignoring what God values above everything else is the soul? Is a person that needs him. It's easy to fit 
into that, to get into that mode and just be a Pharisee. I'm just comfortable. Nah, I'd never do that. I'd never do that. Liar, liar, pants on fire. <laughs> if it wasn't for the grace of mercy. See, one. Well, Pastor, you don't know me. See, once I got saved, I, yes, I was a sinner then, but since then, I've been perfect. No, you haven't been. You're lying right now. <laughs> the message Jesus is giving in these three stories represents the sinners that are sitting around him. All those outcasts that needed to be found whose job and responsibility was the Pharisees to minister to them. They should have been sweeping the floor and looking carefully for those that didn't know God to bring them the message that there is a God. There is one that they can turn to. But they weren't doing that. They weren't sweeping the floor. They weren't looking. There was no urgency. There was no love or value for the lost. They were just despising those people. They despised the lost people and despising Jesus, the one who loved them enough to find them. The one who loved them enough to find them. Both groups understood the message. One loved it, the other one hated it. And wasn't long after that, the Pharisees planned to kill him. They planned to kill Jesus. Luke 19.10 says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who were lost. This message convicted me. I said, the urgency... I thought about a time that Ellen and I were going on a minister's cruise with Dr. Leon. And we were traveling down Tampa. So we traveled there. We were staying that night. The next morning I get up and I check the checklist, everything that you need to get on the cruise. There's something missing of great value. My passport... It's not there. Well, I didn't go, oh, no big deal. We'll just sneak on the cruise. No big deal. No, I instantly, immediately broke out in a sweat. I go through the luggage five or six times in it. <laughs> and it's like I'm trying to make a new compartment in it. <laughs> And then Ellen goes through it. Then I'm going through the whole hotel room. I knew I didn't get the passport out and stick it in a drawer somewhere, but I'm going through every place in there. I lay across the bed and I just start praying. I said, Lord, I need my passport. I need my passport. Lord, I need my passport. I've got to leave. I need my passport. And then it hit me. You didn't get your passport. The 
Yeah, now you get it. So Robin Shauna to the rescue. I told you it's a common denominator in all this. I don't know what I'd do without these two. I don't know. So the call goes into them. They rush over to our house. They go in, and sure enough, we have a, a safe deposit box thing. There it is. It's only one issue then. It's not in Florida. And I, we've got to get on that day. I mean, time is ticking away. So they research, and next thing you know, my passport is being flown to Tampa. Yes, there are people that do that type of stuff. Ellen and I drove to Tampa but my passport flew. <laughs> Something's wrong with this picture. So what do we do? We're waiting. Dr. Leon's calling. DA, Dorothy Ann, who works for Dr. Leon, calling. Dr. Robin Shana. I'm, I'm, then I'm calling the, the people that the passport is arriving in. I didn't want to be late to pick up the passport that was arriving. <laughs> and all this is going on, and we get the, get the thing, and we're two hours late. So we drive to the opening. I've got all my information. That's where we're supposed to go in. So I made a, a bold move. I said, I know somebody can get hold of. Anybody guess who I called? <laughs> Y'all are brilliant. I called Rob. I said, Rob, this is what I've got. What do you see? He's on his computer. You're at the right place. There's no one here. It's just vacant. I said, well, let's walk in. We start walking. We're just walking for a while. And here comes this person. They saw us on the camera. We've been waiting for you. Now, here's what was kind of fun, I have to admit. We've been waiting for you right this way. And I hear just this rumble. It's like a applause and... <laughs> And you talk about express, there's nobody, nobody's in, nothing. They just walk us right through. Let me take that, sir. Let me do that. We're so glad you're here. And all this, I turn around the corner and there's Dr. Leon smiling. He's talking to this man. And um, he said, I had talked him into letting you on without the passport. I couldn't get hold of you. Don't tell him this. The spirit of slap tried to come on me. I have to admit, I controlled the flesh and just smiled. We walk on, and there's gentle applause. There's this rumble, you know. Oh, man. This is service. Oh, that's wonderful. 
Yes, 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 we're here. We're here. We're here. We might, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then we get on the, the elevator and uh, heard a couple comments that were I- interesting. Yes, some couple. They delayed the cruise by two hours. They must really be very rich. Because if that had been us, we'd been waving from the shore. Bye. They didn't seem that happy. So, me, I just went, wow, <laughs> in such amazement that, that that's what was going on. <laughs> After the, After the first day, the comment stopped, you know, <laughs> and we, you know, kind of hit it, and it's not us. <laughs> but I, I, I joke with Dr. Leon, he's, uh, he, He's the one person that stopped a cruise line for two hours, you know, where we get on. But what's my point? I lost the passport. <laughs> it was valuable. In Mark chapter 8, verse 36, Jesus tells us really the value of a soul. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world? but lose your own soul. Is anything worth more than your soul? And you see this in your notes, the value of a single soul is far more valuable than all the wealth, and I put in parentheses, power of this world. Because a lot of um, commentaries and stuff say in that, Uh, the world was wealth and power to both of them combined. It's the accumulated wealth of all the world. One single soul is worth more than that. If you took a balance and you took the most despicable person or unforgettable person you could think of, on this planet, and you took all the gold, all the silver, all the real estate, all the businesses, all the sports teams, all the, just think about all that's out there, and you want, that's the, it would be the soul without weight. That's the way God looks at the soul, the value of a single soul. We've got to have that same regard inside of us. It means we don't quit on a single person. It means when they treat us bad, we refuse it and keep praying and keep pressing in for them to see the light. For them to know the truth. I need to see people the way God does. We're to be salt 
Salt not to sting people, but to flavor their life. Light not to blind people, but to show them the way to Jesus Christ. What are we speaking? Where are we communicating to those around us? When we only value what Jesus can do for us to make us happy and successful, and we live just to advance our life, and we don't care much about the eternal destiny of others, we're not following Jesus. That's not Christianity. And we all are guilty of this. We can get so focused on what we have to get done, what we need, and all this. And they tell us that even in Christianity, there's so many people that are lethargic, are, are what they really are, they have missed their purpose. They feel like they have no purpose. They're, they're bored. They're just... And I can show you from Scripture, I, I might talk about it next week some, but God moves when you move to reach someone. And you can prove it by, by Scripture. If we're not moving, if we're not being the salt and light, God's limited. When our hearts are filled with the grace and love of God, nothing matters but his honor. Nothing matters. The more I love him, nothing matters but him. The more I understand how much he loves me, the more I want to expand his kingdom. We've got to have that heart within us. And like we're talking about Michael Turner coming, we're talking about someone with a uh, evangelist calling on his life people that need Jesus now that people that need Jesus well, pastor I know some of it they're lukewarm Christians they need to come I know some that don't have a church home they're orphans they're to be planted in the house of the Lord they need to come get them here I don't care if they come and don't want to come. It's all they get here. Things can happen in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Wow. It's going to tell you one more quick story about losing something. Ellen and I were um, at the Mall of Memphis. How many remember the Mall of Memphis? It's gone. But anyway, we were uh, in the store looking around, and she was looking at something, and I went off looking at something else. She thought I had Joshua. I thought she had Joshua. We come together, no Joshua. All parents have, you know, you've had this situation. We're looking around, calling for him, nothing. And we happen to see a man who has Joshua by the hand walking out the door. I didn't go, hmm, no big deal. Just a nice man. No. What did I do? Sir, please. No, there was urgency. Hey! 
and I'm off running. He immediately let go of Joshua's hand, never turned and looked. Went out the door, gone. I went out the door, looked, gone. We found out later, they said there was people that were losing kids. They were trying to kidnap kids to model Memphis. Nothing's more valuable than a person. There are kids and children out there that God loves. He's, he's wanting them to get in the family. God so loved the world they gave. The value of something could be determined by what someone would be willing to pay for it. This in your notes. And this is, if a basketball is signed by Michael Jordan, it could get a lot of money. But if you're not a basketball fan, you care less. It's all subject to who's willing to pay the money. So the person, it's not exact science. Everybody agree? But think about this. God's always right. If he says something costs this much, it's not an estimate. It's the truth. What did it cost? First Peter 1.18 For you must realize all the time that you've been ransomed from this futile way of living passed on to you by your father's traditions not with some money payment of transcendent uh, value but by the costly shedding of blood the price in fact was the lifeblood of Christ the unblemished and unstained lamb of sacrifice. That was the price. That's the value of a soul to God. The cost of the blood of Jesus. The sacrifice that was made. He didn't, that means each of you are worth that much. That's the value. See, when we look down on ourselves, we're looking down on the word of God. Because you have great significance and value to God. Just to be able to say that God loves you. And God's your father. God is your father. Think about that. Wow. And he's in love with us? Absolutely. The value of your soul has already been established in your notes it is the lifeblood of Christ. Next, the finished work of the cross has already paid the price for every lost soul to be found in Christ. Don't you love it? I wouldn't go back to my old life for nothing. <laughs> you lose, it's funny, now the way scriptures are, you lose your life, but you find it in Christ. And it's so much more. It's so much better. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. God bought your body. He owned your body. Then he put his spirit inside of you. You're worth something. Wow. Psalms 139, verse 9. Knit me.
created my inmost being. You knit together my knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Wow. What great value God puts on a soul. Fearfully and wonderfully made. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're just something. (laughs) You are something. Something else. You know, and I'll just get to that next week. We walk by people every day who probably are not reading their Bible. But you know, the Bible says that we're living epistles to be read by all men. We're being read. Some people, we're the only scriptures they'll read that day. What are you communicating? What are you saying? Are you giving them value? Are you speaking life? Are you giving them truth and love? Are you praying for them? Are you stirring yourself in that urgency for them? Seeing them through the eyes of Jesus? And maybe they snap at you and say something and you say, ah, that's enough. No. Aren't you glad that Jesus never gave up on you? That he kept on coming? How many got saved the first time they ever heard the gospel? Most of us did. Jesus kept on coming back. Kept on pursuing. Well, Jesus lives in us. Are people seeing Jesus, a little bit of Jesus in us? Are people seeing a behavior or a grace in us that reflects him? I want more of that. What about you? People to see Jesus in us, our reactions, our choices, our mouths. Our behavior. Um, I heard something that uh, I was listening to uh, sports radio, and there was an incident that happened in the NBA, and one of the star players got into it with one of the fans. And uh, this happens, you know, sometimes, and so on the, this radio show, it was, the, uh, it was the announcer for the Grizzlies, and he was saying that you can say certain things, but then you cross the line, and you can't cross the line. And they were talking about what's crossing the line, this type of stuff. And he made a comment. He says, you know, everyday language, you know, everybody curses all the time. That's just natural everyday language. So, okay, I'm just listening. 
And the other guy's going, well, is it that much? And you say, oh, yeah, you know, it's, it's all over the place. And it is. I mean, it's, it's a lot. But here's what got me. He goes, oh, yeah, it's, it's everywhere. So you just, don't, you just don't realize. You need to come down to my church. I'm going. He said, you need to come down to my church and come to the gym. You'll hear everything in the book. And he starts saying letters and I go, what? What are we communicating? <laughs> We're supposed to be different than this world. It's, it should be easier for us now to attract someone because we're so much different just being a normal Christian. Amen? Amen. What kind of scripture reading are you? Because people are looking. People are listening. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you for your word today. And Lord, we, we thank you that there's always grace. And there's always strength. For the word that you speak to us. And even now, Lord, pray for anyone here that's never received you as Lord and Savior. That they will act on what's happening in their heart. And they will take that step to acknowledge you as Savior and Lord. But to live for you. This isn't a a decision that you walk in part way. This is a decision for him to take over. And he becomes Lord of your life. And you get in his word and you commune with him. Let's bow our heads. If there's anyone here that's never accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord of their life, give you an opportunity right now. Say yes to him. To say yes to the one who went to a cross, shed his blood, took your sin and all your shame. He paid your debt in full. And he loves you so much. But he'll not make the decision for you. You have to decide. He gives you a free will. If that's you today, I'm not going to ask you to come down right now, but just in your seat, just lift your hand and say, that's me. I want you to pray. And we'll all pray together. Anyone here say, that's me. Let's pray decision right where you're at. Or maybe you're watching online. You can make this decision right where you're at. You don't have to be in this building. Let's all say, Dear Father, I thank you for Jesus who died for me, who took my sins. He took my guilt. He took the penalty of my sinful life my sinful nature but I received Jesus Christ 
as my Lord and my Savior. I give you my life, Lord, and I'll follow you all the days of my life. Fill me, Lord, with your Holy Spirit. Strengthen me to live this life. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Now, if you're like me, you want a greater love for souls. Just stand up. Just come pray quickly together, and then we'll have the prayer partners come down. Let's lift our hands to the Lord. Father, we come to you with humble hearts. We're grateful, Lord, for our salvation. We're grateful for your mercy and your kindness towards us. And with great joy, we're glad to be called your son or your daughter. But Lord, we know what's on your heart. We know that there's lost children out there that need to come into the family of God. And it's our responsibility to sweep the house, to to sweep our lives and our world and to look carefully until we find the lost. Even as you sent Jesus to seek and to save that which is lost, we have been sent with the same commission. So, Lord, help us to be those that seek those that are lost. And, God, when we locate them, give us boldness to give them the truth, to show them the love of God, to show them the grace of God, but to love them enough, Lord, and, Lord, to show them you. And, Lord, we just believe right now that we as a congregation as we're all standing that we receive that love we receive this impartation from heaven because we know it's your will we know it's your will we know it's your heart and you that have given up the Lord says get back on your faith get back in to prayer get back in to setting your love towards them never quit never stop because the Lord is working behind the scenes and this life is short hell is for eternity the heaven is also for eternity and we must we must be about the Father's business Holy Spirit touches, empowers, floods with this revelation. And we worship and honor you, give you the glory and the honor. You're worthy of this, Lord. You're worthy. You're worthy of all praise. You're worthy, Lord. You've given us all the ministry of reconciliation. And when you get to heaven, there will be a report. How did you fulfill your mission 
as a minister of reconciliation. What's that mean? It means we're called to seek the lost and to reach out. What about the household of faith? It says, do good, but especially to the household of faith, of course, to the family. We minister to each other. But there's a lost and dying world that we've got to go after. But we don't go alone. <laughs> we go with the Spirit of God. We have, a, we have an advantage. Nothing is too hard for Him. Let's, let's worship the Lord. Prayer partners, come on down. If you need prayer for anything, or maybe there's a loved one that you need prayer for, that you stop praying, you've given up. Don't ever give up. I just saw a breakthrough in my family recently because I didn't give up. like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277. You are Lord, I'm a